This is DZFE's Maestro Filipino, a focus for music with a connection to home. For this edition, I'm Daniel. We know mezzo-soprano Michelle Mariposa from a number of events and ensembles, among them the National Music Competitions for Young Artists and the Las Piñas Bamboo Organ Festival. Recently, Mariposa made news when she graduated summa cum laude for the second time. It was a victory that was very nearly lost during the darkest days of the pandemic, but post-tenebras lux. And yet, even after so hard-fought an achievement, Mariposa has no time to rest on her laurels, as soon she will be flying to Illinois to pursue postgraduate studies at Northwestern University's Beenan School of Music. It is for that reason that she performs in a send-off recital by way of an invitation to voyage. Here Mariposa invites her audience to look both inside and forward. She explains further in our interview later on. But first, here is Mariposa's performance of Manuel Maramba's Magpakababaka, recorded for Nancia. With her is pianist Christian Dino.
It was a challenging year, especially for performance. I was quite blessed because I only had a few units left. And mm -hmm. I took some extra units, which were lecture-based. So that was the bulk of my online classes. The rest were performance-based. So I would meet with my teacher once or twice a week, and we would have online voice lessons, things like that. So the challenge was really communicating musical ideas. I was very blessed because Professor Agot Espino lives nearby. And since I was able to collaborate with him since before for like auditions, exams, my first recital, it was also with Sir Agot. I was able to record the minus ones with him, with me conducting. So at least to an extent, I have control rather than just getting a minus one off YouTube or something like that. That was the main struggle because like with music and especially with chamber music, what's fascinating is how you breathe together without really speaking, how you feel each other's energy and how you feel each other's musical direction, which is very lacking. But I would say it challenged us musicians, especially me, to be a lot clearer because sometimes we can be arbitrary when we're making live music. Sometimes things just happen. But this time you have no room, so you have to be prepared. You have to be very clear where you want the music to go and things like that. The biggest struggle for me is not the online learning part, but the motivation to continue music making. Because we're in a global pandemic. And honestly speaking, music, the arts, they're not as urgent as medicine, food, basic services, things like that. So it was a struggle for me to find my place. Why would I still continue? And on top of that, I lost my father last year to COVID. And it was difficult for me to bounce back because my father was the one who encouraged me to pursue music. He forced all of us siblings to play the piano and it only stuck with me. <laughs> and then he would really encourage me when I decided to go for a second degree, things like that. So it was hard to find footing after those first few months of the pandemic. But eventually, I realized also through the course of preparing for my virtual recitals, because at the back of my head, I was always thinking, why would I still push through with these virtual recitals? I mean, I struggled with giving more meaning to those recitals. At first, I would just want to get it over with. But at the same time, the challenges that awaited me helped me to grow a lot. Like, for example, what I mentioned a while, being very specific, being very clear in communicating what I wanted and being very efficient because the remote method of music making isn't as clear cut. So you really have to be yeah. efficient with your words, with, with what you want to happen. So at mm -hmm. least we made it through. <laughs> <laughs> How do you regain that sense of meaning? And I suppose it was also a rediscovery. So what did you discover again about music and performance? I realized that in a situation of such magnitude as a global pandemic, we need whatever we can to help us survive the day-to-day. -day. And music gives us that. It allows us, both as performer and as recipient, as listener, to have access to those like little pockets of beauty, of relief, of wonder, of even voicing out our opinions. So that got me going. Because even though I'm not such a big fan of like, online remote performances. It gives you an outlet. And the way people react to it, you see how it helps them just get their minds off from the looming pandemic that we have. And at the same time, as musicians, it allows us to keep on giving. This is our field. And with what big or little good that we can contribute, it's a wonderful reminder. And it helped keep me going. When did you start considering studying abroad? And did you have a short list or something like that? 
the decision to pursue further studies actually came in late. And it's something I really praise God for because from being so unmotivated, I was suddenly in the middle of rushing my auditions. So in November, I was invited to sing for CRL, Church of the Risen Lord in UP. And I encountered my teacher, Sir Chris Arceo. I would have lessons with Sir Chris Arceo when I'm not enrolled in UP. So at least I would continue my voice lessons. And he actually nudged me in the direction of auditioning already because pre-auditions for U.S. schools were due on December 1. So I had a little under one month to prepare. So I applied for four schools. I applied to Northwestern University, Yale for their early music program, Bard's Bard College's Vocal Arts Program, and San Francisco Conservatory of Music's Master in Voice Program. I chose those four mainly because of the program and the teachers that I wanted to learn under were in those schools as well. At that time, it was when I realized that this is really something I want to get better in, especially in the technical aspect of my voice. I did get into Yale, but I ultimately decided not to pursue early music yet because I wanted to work on my technique first. Primarily, I'm looking forward to working with Stephen Smith in Northwestern. So he's really the teacher that I wanted to work with. His known students are Joyce DiDonato, Eric Owens, like big personalities in the opera world. And I also look forward to opera productions because here we don't really have that much exposure. And admittedly, I'm more of an art song junkie and an early music junkie than an opera file. <laughs> but I think it's something essential for aspiring classical musicians to gain that kind of exposure. I was blessed because I was able to experience four productions while I was in UP. But it's different when you get to see it, not just in school, but also outside. We do have productions here. By the same time, it's foreign artists coming here, not really our homegrown artists. So I look forward to that kind of exposure, both in the university and in the professional theaters.
that was mezzo-soprano Michel Mariposa in Mon Coeur S'ouvre à ta voix, My Heart Opens to Your Voice, from Camille Sanson's Samson and Delilah. Here now is the rest of our interview. Working on the Dupac songs was largely because of Circus. He suggested the piece L'Invitation to me. So from there, I fell into the rabbit hole of Charles Baudelaire. <laughs> the program for Invitation to Voyage isn't really centered around Dupac, although it forms a central set in my mm-hmm. repertoire. I have arias there, which I worked on for my recital. So I wanted to also showcase those uh, aspects. And also a section where I looked for pieces resonating with how I felt over my father's grief. So it's both an inward sort of processing for me. First, looking inward, how I feel some of the pieces reflect my journey as I thought about the circumstances surrounding my father's death. And also a looking ahead. That's where L'Invitation comes to play. When I was looking for a nice piece to pair with that, I found another Dupac piece, also a setting of text by Charles Baudelaire. The conception of the program is really sets of pieces where we look in, sets of pieces where we look forward. Conceptualization came around March. It was the one-year anniversary of my father's death. Initially, I wanted to have a series of mini-recitals which explore my feelings towards grief, towards life, death, things like that. But I didn't really have the time to put it together because I was also preparing for my graduate recital. The Dupac songs, I added a bit later, actually. I felt like it was nice because I had been mulling things over in March about grief, about life, about death. So really very inward personal things. But as I continued to prepare alongside like visas, uh, my I-20, things like that, I started to gain a sense of excitement over what awaits me. So it's a combination of that. Also, on a personal level, my journey towards deciding to pursue music in itself was born out of me finding out that, oh, maybe this isn't for me. Maybe this isn't for me. Oh, this is for me. So that sort of inward evaluation helped guide where I wanted to go. And overall, the recital is an invitation for everyone, for myself, for my musicians, for my listeners as well, to voyage with me as we think about ourselves and where we want to go. And I think it also resonates with the poetry used by Dupac. Baudelaire, for example, was a Renaissance man in many ways who all his life struggled to uh, gain recognition as a poet. But consistent in his poetry, although some of his poetry is a bit on the excessive side of things, it's also a desire for moving beyond where he is now. For example, L'Invitation au Voyage, the persona invites his intimate relations to go elsewhere, beyond this world, maybe back to where times were more quiet or to go forward to what else we can discover. You can't really have one without the other. Communicating the poetry of the pieces is something that I really want to achieve. So I'm in the process of putting together my program notes, things like that. So communicating the text and how the music expounds on that text. It's an invitation to my audience to actually gather with me, to come with me, and to celebrate how music allows us to look in and allows us to think of things beyond us. Because there are some things that we just can't verbalize. And I think music is a medium for that. I hope that my listeners and my audience are able to process those things with me. Because I've always been fascinated with how music is able to communicate 
the sublime. And at the same time, even though we talk about personal or more abstract things, it's able to unite. So it's something that I really want to achieve with the recital. I also hope to be able to communicate how learning music here in the Philippines in this time, how in spite of these circumstances, we are still able to appreciate those kinds of things. What I wish to leave with the Sandoff concert is the idea and the confirmation that we can gather where music is connects us it leaves us with pockets of beauty pockets of hope that allows us to just think beyond
mezzo-soprano Michelle Mariposa, with Professor Agot Espino at the piano, brought to us Non, 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 vous n'avez jamais, from Giacomo Maillabé's Les Huguenots. Before that, we heard Mariposa in Mon coeur s'ouvre à ta voix, from Camille Sanson's Samson and Delilah, and with pianist Christian Dino in Manuel Maramba's Magpakababaka. Michelle Mariposa performs in Invitation au voyage, a send-off recital featuring works by Henri Dupac, Wolfgang Amadeus Mozart, Gioacchino Rossini, and more. Performing with her are pianist Agot Espino and violinist Elaine de Assis. Invitation au Voyage streams August 15, Sunday, 7.30pm on Facebook and YouTube. For details, visit facebook.com slash Michelle Mariposa Mezzo. That's all for this Maestro Filipino, DZFE's weekly feature for fine music in our locale. Each episode airs Saturday at 4 in the afternoon, the following Wednesday at 2 in the early morning, and lastly the next Thursday at noon. Maestro Filipino episodes are uploaded every week on our SoundCloud channel. Once more, this is Daniel. Thank you for listening.